Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. Unlucky for some, well, this is a Heart of Midlothian podcast after all, but joining me, one of your hosts, Adam Kennedy, as always, is my co-host, Daniel McIver. Plenty to discuss today. How are we doing, Daniel? Absolutely. Very good, especially with that fantastic wee intro. We're off to a flyer already. Thank you very much. Um, right. I think I think we're both in good spirits, primarily because yeah. we've actually got a game to discuss. Oh, it's, um, it's a novelty. Oh, I mean, what a bonus. So at, at the weekend there, uh, Hart Midlothian got the better of Partick Thistle 2-0 at Tynecastle. What did you make of the first fully watchable pre-season friendly? I can't believe how excited I was for the game. <laughs> I was absolutely buzzing for it. Um, and to be honest, I will say it, def- it lived up to my expectations. Um, I think, jumping to the end, weirdly, I think Robbie's kind of summation of the situation was pretty much spot on. For the first 50 to 60 minutes or so, we were pretty much full, like fully going for it, all guns blazing. But we kind of dipped in that last half an hour and a bit a sloppiness started or just not as pressed as high as we probably could be. However, in my opinion, that was to be expected purely just because it's a bit friendly. Uh, Robbie seemed a bit harsher, saying that he wished that uh, that's not going to happen again, that we're going to have to maintain that. But I just thought my main takeaway from it, we'll go more in depth as we go through this, but my main takeaway was just how good some of the passages of play were. Definitely, definitely. It seems like we've actually... <sighs> We're actually trying to keep it on the deck, and we do play some nice stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's ever been kind of a criticism of Robbie in the past with regards to playing in the championship. I think it's more once we got up to the Premiership that we turned that wee bit more conservative and what have you. But I think Ian McCall summed up well. I listened to to his comments, um, and he was very complimentary when speaking to, to Jag Zone, which is there, obviously, Tarts TV equivalent. Mm-hmm. And he basically said for Thistle, it was all about fitness because it's their first real pre-season friendly. Um, and he considers the Hearts squad to be, well, top six of the Premiership, never mind the Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, I thought we did perform really well, particularly in that first half. Um, of the squad, though, the one player that stood out for me was, was Jamie Walker. Um, mm-hmm. When we had Cammy on the show last week, I touted him as a potential player of the year contender. And I wanted to get your thoughts on his performance specifically because I don't know whether you remain sceptical or not because I understand you're not really that big a fan. But well, It was as if he heard me and was like, right, fuck you then. I'm going to be magic the first 45 minutes. Um, because he was. like, He got one half, obviously, taken off at halftime. And again, I'm not going to suddenly say, oh, I'm now a... Jamie Walker super fan because of one first 45 minutes in a preseason friendly. However, you couldn't have asked for more physically than him. I mean, unless you want a hat trick from him in 45 minutes, but every single passage of play that looked positive for us went through him. Either it was him getting the ball in the middle and starting the move and then playing it out to the wide men or him receiving the ball and then having a dig. Like we'll get on to the goals in a minute, but, one that came relatively shortly after his goal was when it was fizzed out to the left. Freer played it inside to Lee. Lee played a penetrating ball through. Walker Cruyff turned, basically, and just hit the post from roughly 20 yards. And if it would have went in, it would have been like one of the best goals I've seen Hart score in years. Um, and he was, he was so crucial to everything. When we went off, we became more flat. And I don't think that was... Uh, just by coincidence, every single thing we did was through him. And I think if he can, to be honest, even if he can emulate half of what he did in that 45 minutes, I think your prediction could be spot on and he will be up there in the player of the year conversation. But what did you think? Yeah, I, I thought he was excellent. Um, particularly arriving from you know that wee bit deeper, I think the number 10 suits him perfectly. I mean, you know my thoughts by now. I, I do believe that Robbie will get the best out of him. Um, I wouldn't have made that player of the year prediction if I didn't believe that. I, from the Thistle showing and possibly some more, I think that double figures and goal and assist is very doable. Um, 
And I can see that really being a big year for, for Jamie Walker, which I would love because he's not a winger. And I think mm-hmm. it's so easy for a player like him to become uninterested and not influence the game as, as much as he potentially can out on the flank. Um, so if we keep playing him through the middle, I don't know whether he will be first choice because obviously I think it was Nasey came on for him, didn't he? So yes. obviously we've got him to throw into the equation, but hopefully, um, hopefully Walker's fortunes will change by actually playing through the middle. Um, I think just I, now you couldn't not start him. Like, how can you tell him after the preseason he's had? Oh, by the way, you're not starting. I, I think I think the only thing that prevents him starting is perhaps trying to accommodate Stephen Naismith as well. But then, obviously, if he was left on the bench, I don't know. I, I, I would like to see a, a, a trio of Boyce, Naismith, and Walker at some stage. Mm-hmm. But but from the very start, I, I totally agree. I think Walker's Walker's got to be the main man in the hole. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he grabbed the first and then we'll touch on the second because obviously the best striker at the club managed to get himself on the score sheet, which is very pleasing. No, I um, didn't know. Halkett did... played most of his youth career as a striker. Is that right? He, from under nines to under 14s, played as a striker and then he got moved to centre half. So you could just you could just see that killer instinct in him. Yeah, well, the... As the Hart's official Twitter account said, and as many people said on Twitter, the new Paul Hartley. I mean, that there's not many greater comparisons for me. I don't um, think it's a fair comparison. I will no. be totally honest. <laughs> no, I mean, they're, they're totally different players, but it's, it's still a cracker nonetheless. I think, I think Craig Halkett will be huge for us this year. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to see him really kick on into the centre half that we all know that he can be and was at Livingston um, mm-hmm. and I think with Popescu who we're obviously yet to see I, he might just have the ideal partner there, we, we don't know but um, but two great goals I, I understand that the second half was flat but to be honest I thought Thistle created very little um, I never thought we were going to concede, ever no. because that was another aspect actually that we need to touch upon Craig Gordon in a heart shirt Oh, what a sight to behold. It's just but especially so- because I saw something on Twitter, I feel really bad, I can't remember who it is, sorry, um, tweeted to me going, did you ever get a moment of fear when Partick had a shot forgetting it's not Craig Gordon in goal? It's Craig Gordon in goal, so you're like, oh God, it's going to go top corner, but oh no, wait, it's Craig, so you'll just catch it. <laughs> I totally get that, to be fair. I think, I think probably why... Thistle weren't really a threat. Perhaps they are intimidated by Craig Gordon, but I suspect it's primarily due to them kind of getting back into the swing of things like Ian yeah, McCall touched yeah. on. They're maybe that little bit rusty, but I thought it proved pretty comfortable for us uh, in truth. I hope League One is for them. Um, mm-hmm. So so best of luck to the Jags for their, their upcoming campaign. I, I, want, I wanted to get your opinion on something that I saw um, in relation to the game. It was player ratings... Right, okay. Now, I would argue you can't really make them in a pre-season friendly. Like, we can speak about how good we were and how, in my personal opinion, Walker was like, man, the match, and I liked a lot of players, but I think giving a player a rating um, is a bit harsh. However, this individual gave ratings. What would you say was, like, the average number that they gave? What would your average number be? Um, If it proved pretty routine i've got i had six in my head but it must be a bit better than a six i'll, I'll go a seven if it's kind of you know like a, it was decent it was decent see i would i would very much argue the same i'd say roughly everybody played in and around a six or a seven like the defense never looked like conceding yeah a few slack passes here and there but it's kind of be expected to be honest midfield controlled the game and, and it's, not, it's noteworthy because it's a friendly at the end of the day Exactly, exactly. Um, however, this individual, the highest number they gave to an individual was Jamie Walker with six. Six? That was the highest. The average number was a four and a half slash five. Jesus, wept. So, so Craig Gordon, four. I like, surely you have to give him a five because he didn't do anything. I was going to say, he's on trouble. That's the only reason why he's so low. But yeah. Go on. Uh, Michael Smith, four. 
Shocking call. Go on. Jamie Brandon, who I now want to get into, five. I thought that I, was one of, his, one of his better games. I thought he was up there with man of the match. He was amazing. No, I thought he, I thought he was really good. I think I think he knows that his heart's career is on the line here. Mm. To be honest, um, I th- like his movement for the first goal was incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was good. Um, very impressed with. I think there's always been that want to go forward. It's more at the other end that he's that little bit suspect, but then he's still a young boy as well. But go on, what were the other ratings? Uh, Craig Halkett, five. Next. Garucho, three. Jesus. Like, I think Garucho was probably the least impressive player, but I wouldn't give him a three. (laughs) He'd he'd be be your five, six. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Uh, so then we have Ollie Lee and Andy Evan both sharing a five. I thought wow. they both totally controlled the game. <laughs> I, I want to know who's doing these ratings. I don't know. It's just been sent to me as a screenshot. So I've Look not actually that. got the I, name. I think we, we had Robert Borthwick on the podcast recently. I think we should try and embrace some beef here. We should. We should. Um, Elliot Freer. Elliot Freer got a five point five. I mean, I, 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 who's doing half ratings? Come on, <laughs> like seriously, five and a half. Just give him a six. I mean, he's he's not worthy of a six, but five and a half. I mean, there's no point doing the ratings anyway. But halves, grow up. Well, moving on to six, Jamie Walker. I mean, that is that is ludicrous. He's at least an eight. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Ginelli, and then this is the only one with writing to justify stuff. God. Three would have been a five if it wasn't for his miss. Now, his miss was really bad, but to say that downgraded him from a five, which I already think is harsh, to a three... How does a miss constitute <laughs> losing two points? Surely it'd be one and a half. Absolute joke. Next. Right. I want you I want you to tell me what you think what you would have given Craig Whiten and then what you think Craig Whiten's been given. Um I'd give him a six, but I anticipate that he's been given a five or lower. He's been given, alongside, kind of, Ben Garuccio, he's been given a 3.5. Another half rating. Honestly, what is the point? I thought Whiten was was better than Boyce. Wow, that's a big claim. I don't mean in general. (laughs) No, of course not. Like, Whiten looked really sharp, was creating issues. Both times he had really good goal-scoring opportunities and he passed it. And he'll now be thinking, right, I'm just no passing. But I, I thought he did really well for what he had to do. I don't know whether he'll start our first league game, but there, there would be something quite ironic in that Craig Whiten would end his heart's drought against Dundee. Oh, but, then I can also, but then I can also see... Robbie kind of, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that he's not in the strongest eleven because he's obviously a, a decent part of the squad now, but I can see Robbie kind of favouring him more in maybe the Betfred Cup games <laughs> or I, I don't know, but that would be quite frankly hilarious if he grabbed his first heart's goal against Dundee. Definitely, um, and then all four subs all got a four, which were Naismith, Herring, Roberts, and Boyce. I mean, the I mean, first thing Peter Herring did was play a 62 yard pinpoint pass. How can you give that a four? Even just that on its own. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, who was doing these ratings? Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Even he'd be more accurate. <laughs> That's an absolute disgrace. Shocking. It's absolutely shocking. However, yes, as we said, it was, I felt. Really, really positive performance. Genuinely. Like, I know we literally in this podcast have said you can't read into friendlies. And I agree with that. I was more, I didn't really care about the scoreline. I just wanted to see 
how we actually played and what our passages of play looked like. And I thought they looked really good. Yeah, totally agree. I, I, I was also kind of thinking, don't, don't go on and gas us up because it would be the most hypocritical thing of all time. <laughs> us literally slating pre-season, well, not slating pre-season friendlies, but slating the importance of pre-season friendlies. And then us all of a sudden coming out and saying, oh yeah, quadruples inbound. Let's just, <laughs> you know, it, it was a good performance. Result doesn't matter, but it's nice to win. And yeah, pl- plenty to build on. Definitely. So, whether it was the three in behind Craig Whiten or the two in front of that back four, you could argue that the midfield, as you touched on, was a big reason as to why the Thistle victory was so routine. And I'm so excited. I'm so on the excited. day of recording... Hearts have added further to the midfield options with the signing of Andy Halliday. Now, everybody knows my thoughts, Daniel. I'm even claiming that I started the rumours on Twitter, which I did. But let's hear your thoughts. I'd like to first start this podcast, this podcast, this section, by saying, ha ha ha, ha 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 ha, ha 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 to Robert Borthwick. Because that man was so adamant was it even five days ago, Adam, that we were not signing Andy Halliday? Called me out on Twitter and everything. Unnecessarily, I might add. But he did. He, he, did. Co- he called numerous individuals out. Yes, he did. And um, he, he's had to eat his words, as he, in fairness to him, did, as he sent a wee joke tweet saying, in quotes, delete every single tweet about the subject. <laughs> because he's, he's, eaten, he's eaten a slice of humble pie, to be fair to him. He has. He is. Um, I, I'm really, really chuffed with it. Um, I'm not one of those people who's like, Andy Halliday is the best signing we've made in years. I'm not even thinking that Andy Halliday is the best signing we've made this summer. But I think Andy Halliday is a really good player to have at the club. I did a wee bit of background stuff because I didn't want to come into this completely just kind of going, oh, this is what I think. So I have two Rangers mates and I got two Rangers perspectives for the podcast. Um, my mate Ollie said that he's one of those players that he, he wished had stayed longer at Rangers, but just the players around him, he didn't fit in. Uh, Ollie was like, he would get into literally any premiership side. Uh, now, obviously, a lot of premiership sides would probably debate that, but I kind of agree with that. Um, and then my other Rangers mate, Nathan, said he will just do what you need him to do. He'll never be this player who's... Um, hold on, I'll, I'll literally get the exact words. He'll never be the type of player that completely dictates a game in terms of creativity and mastermind passes. However, it'll give you exactly what he looks like. Steel determination, a want to win, and will always put his body on the line for the club. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, he's versatile, as you said. Um, he can fill in at centre mid and left back. However, we have in the last literally just hour, if you go on the daily record, uh, Robbie has told BBC Sports Sound, um, he said, I'm delighted to get it over the line. And he had a few options down south, which didn't work out for him. We managed to get him in today, which is great for us. He's got that experience of having to win football matches, but also he's played in the championship. He's won the championship. We'll be playing them in centre mid. He can cover a number of positions, but we're looking for him to be that one, uh, the one that controls the second layer for us. A bit of aggression, a bit of solidity in there. And that's exactly why I'm happy to have him. Um, uh, Obviously, and it's been brought to the attention by a lot of um, fans, it does appease a very individual section of the fan base for other reasons, one that I am not a part of and not a massive fan of. Um, but that's so I, like that's not why I'm excited to have him. Um, but at the same time, I couldn't. I've seen so many people go, "Oh, we've got a Rangers man." It's like I couldn't give a shit who he supports. Aaron Hickey, the guy that we've just loved, was a very open Celtic fan. Some of the best players we've had haven't been Hearts fans. I don't need them to be Hearts fans if they're good in the park. They can be Hibs fans, but if they're good in the park, that's all that matters for me. So I personally. I'm really, really chuffed with it. What about you? And I just want to let you know, before you give your thoughts, when it was announced, my dad simply messaged me going, Adam will be having kittens. 
Honestly, mate, I am ecstatic. I am genuinely gassed. A left-footed midfielder, some aggression and tenacity, versatility, wears his heart on his sleeve, all big bonuses. I do understand people's scepticism, given the lack of playing action. Obviously, I've been vocal on here and on Twitter primarily, and yeah, I I think it's a fantastic addition. Um, I I also mentioned in the pod with Cammy that I believe he's a better footballer than most folk give him credit for. I think he should be a leading championship midfielder. I do still believe that he's he's premiership quality as well. Um, I've talked on here about matches and kind of certain fits, and I totally get that feel with Halliday and Hearts. I think that the the kind of plethora of midfield options that we have, so Halliday, Haring, Lee, Irving, I think that's that's premiership quality. And again, I, I understand people's disappointment at kind of youngsters' game time, um, but we've got Connor Smith potentially going out on loan, which we'll touch on later. Um, Harry Cochran's another big one, but again, he's barely featured in pre-season, so don't know what the script is with him. Um, but... Most of all, I mean, surely, I understand that we tricky to get, get him off the books, but surely this means the end for Lloyd Demur. Um, I, I was literally going to I was gonna ask you, what do you think this means for Demur? Oh, he, surely. I mean, like I say, that I think the four that I mentioned, it looks to be kind of two duos with your Halliday and Haring and Lee and Irving. I think, I think the four, the four of them kind of, complement one another perfectly you're kind of your andes with the left feet alongside a right foot in either pete or, or ollie lee so just just really pleased really really pleased for once the club have actually listened and can i just say i don't know whether the club listened to this or not but i'm <laughs> delighted that, that perth to paisley got the wee shout out in the uh, the announced holiday video after I started spreading that hashtag. So, <laughs> so yeah, ha- happy days. Very, very pleased indeed. I think, um, I think it's going to be one of those moves that will either work out terribly and will go in nine months. This is a nightmare, or as you say, he just fits and clicks and just becomes one of the. Even if we only have him for these two years, and we just like fall in love with him and he falls in love with us. I, um, I know you've seen it, but I don't know if um, a lot of people are kind of viewers of Off the Ball, where he spoke about um, Hearts a wee bit, but then obviously he extensively has spoken about Hearts on Open Goal uh, in both his kind of general appearances in the last few weeks, but in particular his interview with Sai and the the clip has been going around Twitter in the last few hours. Uh, his favourite stadium to play in in the country is Tynecastle. Now, obviously, the reason he gives is due to the fans, and we won't have fans for, in my opinion, the whole season. But hopefully, at some point, he'll get to play in front of those fans. And listen, I, I've probably said it on the podcast before. I've definitely said it on Twitter, and everybody's said it in real life. Football fans in general are so easy to please and that goes tenfold for Scottish football fans like if you just show that you care you're going to be liked even if you're not that amazing like Dicamona proved it no one ever said Dicamona was like the best football player in the world but he just clearly cared about the club and we took to that and Halliday I feel could do that for us yeah, I mean, I mean, he, I mean he's a governed boy as well so obviously that, that link to Rangers I mean, it's the club. It's obviously his boyhood team. He he gave his all for for them, and it must have been brilliant to play for your boyhood heroes. But now, if they deem you surplus to requirements, I think he comes to Hearts with a real point to prove, which again could work in our favour. It's funny you touched on it either being a a raging success or a a total failure. I pray to God, having gassed up this whole move <laughs> and trying to get like. I, I, I was going to say trying to get it arranged. I mean, I'm, I'm not his agent. You're, you're but, the agent for Halliday. Is that why you've been doing this? You've secretly been working as his, as his agent. No comment. But honestly, <laughs> I I beg because if it comes off and it's a masterstroke, I'll be I'll be chuffed. 
And if not, I'll look like a total Your nutty. credibility is on the line here. <laughs> it really is. I've already got off to a semi-decent start with Walker Player of the Year. I'm fully expecting him to get injured. And then it's just going to be <laughs> Halliday. It's going to be Halliday. going to be like the biggest flop. And then we'll never speak or hear of Andy Halliday ever again. Halliday will be Glenn Whelan 2.0. <laughs> He'll emulate like Joey Barton coming to Rangers. Oh, no. <laughs> So, also, the, the man that brought Halliday to the club has, has hit the headlines for, I've got to be honest, because I absolutely love it, just just a little bit of some shithousery. Um, I, I woke up to you messaging me this going, have you seen this? And I was like, oh, it's going to be another nightmare thing. Like, what have we done now? Are folk angry? And I saw it. And I, you were almost as buzzing about this in the Halliday news. Oh. Absolutely. I think the quotes are extraordinary. Um, so for those that missed it, the uh, the Edinburgh Evening News and the Scotsman, I believe it was, were, were quizzing Robbie Nielsen about a variety of topics after the Thistle game. Um, one of which was potential signings, somewhat ironically, considering we've announced Halliday today. Um, but it was kind of primarily about uh, finances and, and money matters. So Robbie said in, in Joel Skid's piece for the Edinburgh Evening News, um, we are in a good position and Anne is very clued up on it. She is clever and right from the start she thought this situation would arise, not just with the fans but with the testing scenarios as well. Obviously prior to the holiday signing, he added, we are still looking to recruit and are planning to get the league started and get going. It's up to other clubs to get themselves into that position. Everyone knew what might happen and a number of teams, like ourselves, budgeted for no fans, but some have budgeted for full houses in October. If you're doing things properly, then you probably wouldn't have done that, would you? What do you make of that? Right. <laughs> I, well, both of us actually, what am I saying? I, both of us spoke about the Bobby Zamal to St. Mirren situation. And we were a bit more level-headed than other people, but our general consensus was that it's a bad PR move from the club, whatever way you look at it. And... You, th- you thought at the time, which feels like a year ago, but it was last week. <laughs> um, it really does. You feel like, oh God, how are they going to get back in the fans' good books kind of thing. Well, number one, the Andy Halliday thing has made a lot of fans <laughs> love them again. Um, but when this came out, it was a bit more serious. Like the Andy Halliday stuff is a bit apart. I'm like, yeah, so I've got a new signing. Brilliant. But this is in all seriousness, a lot more the attitude that many fans want the club to have. The quote that is so important from this is the last sentence he said, if you were doing things properly, then you probably wouldn't have done that, would you? When he's speaking about um, budgeting for full houses in October. Now, this is the thing. When you look at the current guidelines and you look at the current way society is moving just now if you genuinely thought if anybody i don't mean a football club i mean an individual genuinely if you thought at this point or next month we'd be having fans in stadiums in terms of any like decent capacity i don't even mean that 50 percent. i mean like 60 and up you're a fool i don't understand how you could even think that so Robbie is absolutely spot on. There is a difference than with an individual, for example, me or you, going, oh, I think we will have it. There's no skin in the game for us. The only thing we could have is a potential season ticket buy. Whereas clubs, and it's no coincidence that this came out the day after Leanne Dempster from the other side of the city, speaks about how devastating it is to football. And no one's denying that, by the way. I've seen a lot of Hebs fans say, oh, Hearts are saying that there's no impact on football. No, that isn't what we're saying. However, you could mitigate that devastation or that financial hit by doing things correctly. We saw at the start of this, Tam McManus was so open about how it's ridiculous that Anne Budge is forcing Hearts players to take reduced wages. Look at Hebs, Ron Gordon and Luan Dempsey have introduced a deferred wages programme. That's so much better. You then jump forward a few months, not a year, 
nothing like that a few months and it has been announced right at the start that we completely planned for the season with no fans at all so as a result we are in a very stable financial position of course we're going to be impacted every single football club on the planet is currently being impacted from Brecon City all the way up to Liverpool everybody's been affected it's something like the EPL is losing 100 million a month currently everyone is feeling the effects but there is a difference in one club putting their players on a sub- not a substantial lower wage but a lower wage offloading players for financial gain bringing in free agents in the loan system and another one spending a quarter of a million on a striker after furloughing staff further than was intended, reducing staff in terms of permanent jobs in their academy and their non-playing staff, and then coming out complaining, going, well, we really need to come together and work out a solution to this. Because as Robbie says, James Anderson gave money towards stuff. So where has that money gone? Yeah, I mean, it's it does make for a very intriguing kind of I don't know it's it's like it ought to be just interrogated doesn't it um Mm -hmm. first of all Robbie firing shots and not giving a toss I mean that is tremendous I'm I'm all here for it I Mm -hmm. I feel like the previously mentioned uh Robert Borthwick I mean we should just be embracing this beef um but he's he's got a point I think as you've said he, he hits the nail on the head um Hibs don't really seem to get this whole Covid shenanigans, do they? I think. Well, not Hibs per se, but like their fans are more than happy to fire shots as soon as we obviously announced our wage cuts, like you said. Then they do the same thing along with just about every club in the country. We bring in free transfers and a loan deal in obviously Josh Janelli's case, but as you say, they shell out quite literally hundreds of thousands on Kevin Nisbet. But it wasn't that when they were happy to terminate coaches' contracts and what have you. So and the Nisbet deal is great for Dunfermline. And obviously that's enabled them to subsequently do some of their own business. But Hibs really ought to just use their noggins here. I don't, I don't understand their logic at all. Why, why not? I mean, don't shell out the dough if you aren't prepared to face consequences. It's, it's not- also not even just Hibs. Because obviously, again, people jump on us going, well, you're a Hearts podcast, so therefore you're always going to jump on Hibs. But it's more like, for example, Ross County coming out saying we all really need to band together months after saying we need to take our medicine and go down. You can't simultaneously say to someone, it's like, for example, here's the explanation. Jurgen Klopp, two, five weeks ago or six weeks ago, whenever Chelsea signed Timo Werner, Klopp was asked either by a reporter or a fan's representative, why are we not going in? for players like Timo Werner, young German talent that you could bring in. And Klopp was so open. Klopp said, I cannot be seen to spend tens and tens of millions of pounds on individual players after we put our staff on furlough. And there was controversy around Liverpool because they were putting their staff on furlough when they were still shelling out constant amount of money. Now, they then rescinded that. However, you as a business cannot move forward with going oh yeah listen oh we really need to take on governmental function schemes and allowing subsidization i can't even speak them to now subsidization through litigation furlough schemes and then go we're going to shell out money on a player now obviously scottish football we don't shell out tens of millions but our equivalent are hundreds of thousands and if you sell like it's individual millions so Clubs such as Hibs paying that money, and then Ross County, St Mirren, Hamilton, and those clubs like that who voted to chop their nose off to spite their face just a couple of months ago and now complaining. I know it sounds like, oh, Hearts fans are obviously going to be like, well, what are you doing? But it's, I would argue from just a complete neutral stance, you would look at this and go, how can you be... You, you're basically arguing both sides here. I mean, the, the hypocrisy is just unbelievable. Like, you've touched on Liverpool there. Their opponents tonight in the Premier League at the time of recording are Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And did Arsenal not get in... I mean, 
they caused quite the stir when they put tons of their staff on furlough and what have you as well, did they? Yeah, not? they they, um, they put 153 staff on furlough and released 46 staff members, but then in the same week signed William and offered Aubameyang his new deal. There you go, and and you've touched on Ross County. This will be the same Ross County that have knocked back a few bids from Rotherham United for Ross Stewart. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just shut up. Take your medicine, Clive. That is, that is the, the positive thing, is that Robbie is coming out. And I will say, the positive thing for me is genuinely like, oh, we're going to be fine. Because as I just said, just because we've done things the right way, whatever you want to call it that, there is no guarantee we're going to be fine. And, there was, and I don't even think there's a guarantee for the season to start, never mind finish. But there genuinely was, I don't know if it was just me, there was a bit of worry to think, oh God, what is going to happen? But to know that for the, at least this season, we have budgeted for it and fine, it's such a relief yeah, definitely. But Budge is bright, and she might not get all the plaudits that she deserves in this instance. But for me, can't can't say a, a bad word about her in in this in this respect. Definitely. Definitely. Not. So at the time of recording, um, the greatest Scottish left backs are live on the box. Um, Nobody's interested in, in second and third best with Liverpool hosting Arsenal, like I said, in the Premier League on Sky. Aaron Hickey, on the other hand, um, has made his Bologna debut. That'll be Bologna that are 2-0 to the good at halftime against uh, Parma, courtesy of... Has he scored? Well, courtesy of a Roberto Soriano brace, but by all accounts, he's performing really well. Oh, I had two pounds on the first goal scorer. Um, so... Yeah, we're just we're just gonna we're just gonna chat about Hickey for a little bit. Obviously, you'll be gutted that he's away, as am I. So, what's your thoughts, mate? I'm gutted he didn't score first. I would have got sixty quid. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think the main thing we need to speak about is that announcement video. Yeah, <laughs> the greatest in football in history. I know we were just included in the holiday one, but that doesn't hold a candle to Aaron Hickey. Well, first of all, just random Scottish imagery. Played. I say it, it definitely does, but go on. Okay, it does. <laughs> Us and Hickey, we're up there. It's oh, the same equal thing. Absolutely. Random Scottish Im- imagery in black and white as well, for some reason. Um, played o- with uh, bagpipes over the top. Then the worst green screen, screen effect you've ever seen for a dinosaur to come out. It doesn't even look like Nessie. But secondly, Nessie has nothing to do with us. Like, it's, just, it's just Scottish imagery. And then the dead face look of, I'm going to get the piss ripped out of me for this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and just going, yes, I'm real. And it's just Aaron Hickey's here. Honestly, I th- I thought the Italians and the Scots were pals. I'm starting to think they are some sort of like third world country. I mean, honestly, I mean, it was some announcement video. It made me chuckle, but oh my goodness. I mean, like you say, there's absolutely no relevance with Nessie or Loch Ness. Is it's that just that he's Scottish. Country? It's just that he's Scottish. And that's all they have. I'm surprised he didn't have one of the wee tam hats on and haggis and shortbread in his other hand. Well, I was, I, I had him taking a wee drink of iron brew and maybe like munching on a caramel wafer or something like that. Why didn't he come out of the sea? To be like, yes, I'm real. Why did he pick up Nessie? Honestly, I I'm be- I beg that the next Italian that we sign, we get them coming along like the Wheatfield Street, just on a Gazetta scooter, like eating lasagna, bag in his mouth, lasagna, a plate of lasagna on his scooter. Just nipping along past like an ice cream van, a chippy, like all this stuff that the Italians have brought over, and then just just pulls up outside Tiny, has a little reader like the paper that we've made up, and his story that he signed for Hearts is like on the back of it or something. That would be. He puts his hand on Dincastle like it's the Leaning Tower of Peace. <laughs> Hi. 
Oh, honestly. Um, but from yeah. a footballing perspective, which, yeah. to be honest, is not as important. Not to the serious stuff or alleged serious stuff. Exactly. Um, I just think he's... I'm so happy for him. Like, every young Scottish talent, funnily enough, you see it this week, David Turnbull just kind of being reminded to Neil Lennon that he signed him. Um, young Scottish talent often either go to the old firm or they go down south. And when they go down south, it's always like, yes, they've no went to the old firm. Good, they're going to do something different. Well, going to Italy, following, funnily enough, the kind of path of his other Edinburgh side, Liam Henderson, um, it's just great to see he's taken a risk, but I think it's a completely calculated one. I think he's going to absolutely smash it. Obviously, I think he's been handed his debut a bit earlier than expected, just purely because the left-back got sent off against yeah. DC Milan. Um, but I'm, I'm just delighted for him. And I th- We've mentioned him about nine times in this podcast, but Robert Borthwick said um, he can't remember the last time a player of his natural talent has come through at heart. And I fully agree. And if this move goes well for him, I genuinely don't think there's any limit to what he could go on to do. Totally, totally. This this is just a great stepping stone and hopefully a, a long and illustrious career. Um, again, I'm in that exact same bracket as you. Just absolutely delighted he's not gone through West to Celtic. Um, I think you need only look at kind of Scott McKenna as well for another example of a player that's well, an example of a player that's gone down south that obviously had the old firm vine for him. And by all accounts, I know, I know uh, Forrest got beat, but supposedly he was pretty impressive on his, on his Forrest debut as well. So Aye, Forrest fans seem to absolutely love yeah, him. Yeah. But then obviously they've not played Wickham yet in Uchek Piazza. Will and they're fucked. It'll be five nil Wickham. Uche hat trick. <laughs> but never mind. Um, yeah. I, I, for wee hickey, it's great money for a young player that we've nurtured. I hope his career goes from strength to strength and he, he can go on and show the continent just how good he actually is. Um, very, very encouraging indeed. Obviously, I just wanted to ask you quickly, because we've touched on the left back on the move, but a former right back of ours, funnily enough, has been linked with the move down south. Um, Cardiff City's Callum Patterson, of course, has been heavily linked with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and I've got to be honest here, I, I do, I've got a little soft spot for Wednesday. I think they're a big club. Um, but the move to the Owls for a suspected 500 grand, I mean, does that not appear a little bit too cheap? 500 grand? Well, this has been the thing. I've been reading up on this. It has been controversy in it. Have I you mean, seen I, this? I, I mean, I know there's talk that we've got a sell on, but 500 grand for a player that's a Scotland international, he's featured and scored in the Premier League, I'm pretty certain he scored at Anfield in the Premier League for Cardiff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got something like, I think I saw on soccerbase.com that he's got like 19 goals and about 62 starts for Cardiff. So well, one, in, one in every three and a bit, which is pretty impressive for a, an attacking midfielder slash right back slash um, unorthodox striker. So... Well, I just the, rumor is, the rumor is the manager doesn't want to sell him and the board's forced it through. Oh, really? Is, so, are, they, are they still owned by Vincent Tan, is it? I think so, yes. I believe so. However, the, He's a nutter, man. the manager was interviewed this Saturday. Um, sorry, not interviewed, just kind of was doing his pre-media patter before the game. I actually oh, didn't see... press conference or whatever. Yeah, I didn't see who Cardiff were playing, unfortunately. Um, however, one of the questions that came up was Cam Patterson's name. And the answer provided by the manager was the board want to sell them and it's up to them who we sell and who we keep, which caused the board to release a statement saying that, oh no, listen, the manager gets the full just say on all players incoming and outgoing, but Cardiff fans have reacted with, well, if that was the case, why wouldn't he say, yeah, listen, he's just not in my plans or anything like that. And all the kind of local journalists have said that apparently the manager was incredibly high on Patterson, but the board just want to take the money. And that kind of seems to suggest why it's a lower fee because I have, 
I seem to just be connected with all the clubs. My mate Jordan is a Cardiff fan, um, and I messaged him about it, and he was like, we were expecting between one and one and a half million to be the fee. So when we hear that it's half a million, that made every Cardiff fan go, right, what's the pattern here? Because he still has a year left on his deal. It's not like he's out of contract in January or anything like that. No, but then I guess he could he could move on a Bosman in January, couldn't he? That's probably he could. why. He, he definitely could, but th- the weird rumour is, and the manager themselves is kind of added to that, is that there is a chance he didn't want to sell him and it's kind of been taken out of his hands. It's that Neil Harris, isn't it? Yes. The ex-Millwall, yeah, the ex-Millwall gaffer that's there. Um, I've just checked. Cardiff are away to Blackburn on Saturday. So they play at Ewood Park on Saturday. Um I've got to be honest here, I'm surprised that Neil Warnock at, at Middlesbrough has not made an offer. No way. I, I could have totally seen that because he was obviously the one that moved or that brought uh, Patterson to, to Wales. Um, yeah, Vincent Tan's an absolute nutter, man. I mean, this this is a guy that went into Cardiff and changed them to Red. Do you remember that? Oh, God, is that him? It's, well, I'm pretty sure if, if he's still the owner, I can certainly recall him doing that. I'll double-check do- double who the owner is. If if the Bluebird uh, fans aren't happy with changing the colour, I'm certainly sure that they won't be pleased with a 500 grand potential fee. I know that's obviously money in our pocket. That it is still Vincent Tan. It is still Vincent Tan. Oh, God. He, he's mental, mate. Does he not own like another couple clubs? I'm not sure it's... Not sure necessarily in England. Oh, he's just sold this year a stake in LAFC, Los Angeles yeah. FC. I thought, I thought there was some like MLS or like China stake. So LAFC, but oh, I don't know. No, nah, he's a screwball. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to a word that he says. It's definitely interesting though. I just, I miss him. I miss Callum Patterson so much. I know we couldn't really fit him because the one position that we didn't, we never needed strengthening is right back because Smith. Yeah. But oh, I miss I miss Doctor Funk so much. He he's the type that will finish his career at Hearts. I could totally see like a Craig Gordon point two. Yeah, I get that. Um. So I wanted to touch on some potential outgoings. Um, well, your, your run of good predictions is out the fucking windy with this shit, isn't it? Well, this, exactly. This is exactly what I was going to open with. So I might have had Jamie Walker as my player of the year, but I did have Chris Hamilton as young player. Um, <laughs> and then just as equally as surprised as I was to see about the Halliday tweets uh, this afternoon, this morning, I couldn't believe that Barry Anderson had tweeted out that he's in, uh, in line for a potential loan move to Dumbarton. Um, that's come out absolutely out of nowhere for me. What what did you think once you saw Big Banderson tweet that? Yeah, basically the same. So obviously Chris Hamilton looks like he's going to Barton and Connor Smith is going to our broth. Um, I tweeted out this morning going, the Connor Smith one for me makes a lot of sense, especially because we've just signed Andy Halliday. Um, so many of our good players in the squad are in midfield. So unfortunately for Connor Smith, he needs to get out for probably one more season, have a good loan performance, and then come back in if he wants to get back at the side. So I don't think many people were kind of surprised, or maybe not surprised, but they wouldn't be worried about Connor Smith heading out on loan. The, the one for me is Chris Hamilton that I find surprising, because mainly because of He's basically played in every single preseason game apart from the Park Thistle game. But also, we're still relatively light in the centre-half position because obviously you have Halkett and Popescu, who we've not seen Popescu yet, but by all accounts, that's going to be the starting two. Then you've got Berra, who is currently slightly injured and has been having injury problems, and I don't know if he'll stay fit. Then that's immediately just all the three natural centre-halves. Then you obviously have Smith, who I would absolutely walk it at centre-half, and whenever he's played centre-half, he has. That then, however, means that technically we're not playing our strongest right side because, as we said earlier in this show, thought Jamie Brandon did really well. And I think for the Championship, Jamie Brandon will be fine. But you'd rather have Smith out in his natural position. And then the only other player is Herring, 
who is still, quote from Nielsen after the Party Crystal uh, game, still at least a couple of months away from every week playing. So you would have thought Chris Hamilton just to have as maybe even a fourth choice would have been good, but I don't know, clearly not. What about you? Yeah, it's definitely uh, questionable, like you've touched on there with the lack of um, the lack of options. Because that was exactly my thought. I thought given Suter's injury, Berra comes into the equation and Popescu, so there's your three to go along with kind of Halkett. I know Michael Smith's the best footballer at the club. I'm, com- I'm happy with him playing centre-half, but it's not his best position. And again, Barry Anderson talked about potentially Haring, but obviously there's, it's easy to raise kind of question marks regarding his fitness. Um, I think... <sighs> The, the main positive that I can take from it being Dumbarton is, there's, there's two things for me, first of all. Firstly, is the fact that he was obviously on loan at Cowdenbeath in the mm-hmm. division below. So that must mean that he's progressing if Dumbarton are keen to take a chance on him. And secondly, should that move go through, I've got to be honest, I'm, I'd be delighted that he wouldn't have gone to one of the two full-time teams in the division. Because... I don't think there'd be as much case for him nailing down a place. And I think that arguably they'll pose the biggest threat in the matches to him. Mm-hmm. I think you, you need only look at Falkirk. They've got, <laughs> they've got ironically, an ex-Hearts potential striking duo of Aidan Keena and Connor Salmon. So the, the two of them could be a decent handful for, for Hamilton to come up against. Um, as is probably Brian Graham and, and Zach Rudden at Thistle. So I think it's a good move. The only thing is, that, like we've touched on, it does just seem a little bit odd given that lack of cover and having fairly impressed in pre-season. Um, but you also mentioned Connor Smith possibly off to our broth, um, who are, of course, in the same division as us. And I... This is a weird one for me. I think the leap of two divisions is is quite something. Would you not say? I think he's earned it. I think Chris Hamilton, I've not seen enough in the first team. Obviously, has he actually played a senior game for us like competitively? I think he featured Kelly away when we played the young team on the last day of the season. Yes, I think you're right there. Yes. I think I can't recall many, if any, others. But... On the flip side, Connor Smith, his debut was away at Celtic Park and I actually thought he was really good. Obviously, that game then became the discussion about Aaron Hickey because that was the week before the semi, the cup final and then Hickey kind of stole the show in both games. But I thought Connor Smith was kind of an unsung hero in that game. And then whenever he's come in, I thought he's looked close to the first team. I'll say it now. I think he's better than Harry Cochran. Wow. Right. He also started that game at Easter Road as well, the couple yes, weeks before the one all as well, did he not? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I think he's better than Harry Cochran. Go on. I just, I think there's more natural talent there. I love Harry Cochran, right? Let's not get into this as a Daniel hates Harry Cochran. But simultaneously, I don't think he's as good as everybody else seems to think. Interesting. Same way Anthony McDonald as well. You love a little controversial take. I do. That's me. I just live for that. I live for anger and seethe. I, I live for screwballs and nutters, and you live for like controversy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just a match made in heaven. Exactly. Um, and again, I think Anthony McDonald and Harry Cochran are good football players, right? And I would love them to become mainstays in the side. However, I don't think Cochran, I'd say Cochran just now is better than Smith, but I'd say overall Smith has bigger potential to go on to do better things. Now, obviously, that could change with literally one second if Connor Smith gets a massive injury or if Harry Cochran just suddenly becomes like the guy in the team. Um, I also think Andy Irving's better than Harry Cochran as well. Oh, Irv- Irving's top of the tree. The, the Portobello Pirlo's in a league of his own. Oh, what, what am I talking about? I didn't have to sell him to you, actually. What am I talking about? Yeah. Um, An wonderful left peg, young man. I think, I think Smith and Goyne are both great. Uh, he'll be playing in the same league as us. I assume he will be able to play against us. Just, I, just assume, I just assume that with all loan players and parent clubs. Yeah. 
I, I, I would imagine that he's ineligible. Yeah, I, I think so. So um, I just, I just think it would be great if, like, for example, say if in like November we hear that our both are playing Dundee and like in the ninetieth minute Connor Smith beats Dundee, we are one 0 Like that would be a lovely wee moment. That'd be fantastic. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to give a little shout out and, and plug to my pal Cammy Anderson here. Um, now, Cammy supports Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping to, to get him on here for like a, a PARS preview, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but he co-hosts a, a podcast for Pure Football, uh, the, oh, the Pure okay. Championship podcast. Um, he's on there with a Morton fan, Chris. So check that out, obviously, for the upcoming season or beyond if you're a fan of your, your lower league football. But anyway, they're, they're a big fan of a young Aberdeen midfielder who was on loan at Arbroath, um, Mirko Vertanen, Vertanen. Oh, I know the name. I know the yeah, name. The young Finnish boy. Um, he's, he was on loan last season and he will be this coming season. So I just hope that Connor Smith's able to grab the sufficient game time, like you say, that's obviously a benefit to us. And if he's able to impress in the same way that uh, young Vertanen, I'll just go with that, can, then that's fantastic. Um, it's interesting you made the kind of McDonald and Cochrane comparisons because obviously they've had, well, Tony McDonald's had a couple of loan spells at championship level with Inverness and Dunfermline and obviously Harry Cochrane was at the pars with him as well. So I think this does kind of back up your claim that he's sort of on an equal calibre to them. At the minute. Um, no, who else I think will go out on loan? I'm trying to think. It would have been... You wouldn't have said it when football was stopped. I wouldn't have said it when football was stopped. Lewis Moore. Or I, think he, I think he is. I think Lewis Moore's away because where's he been? And you, Yeah, it's a good point. It does just seem to be out of the picture at the minute. That was Cammy's young player of the year, was it not? Oh no, he yeah. said Whiteham. Oh yeah, he did say Whiteham, but he was he, um, he was saying that Lewis Moore could. It was but he was between the two, but he picked Whiteham. I mean, his his prediction's looking even worse than mine. <laughs> At least mine's earned a loan move <laughs> <laughs> with his with his preseason uh, his preseason exploits. I feel bad for Lewis Moore though, because he was one of our better players under Stendhal, and he's just he does just kind of seem to. Like, he hasn't even made a bench for a um, kind of first team game. I know we've been playing, like for example, we played Edinburgh City. Did he play against them? I don't know. It's, it appeared to be a second string. I, I didn't look at the team, to be honest. I know that Connor Smith scored in that. <laughs> there you go. It's obviously why our both have been on the floor. Big yep. Dick Campbell's had a look at that and thought, yeah, I could do some of that. Absolutely. It was a penalty like, but still... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think regarding Moore, I think when you see numerous wingers coming into the club, you know that you're going to slip down that pecking order. And I think it was, it was he, he was on loan at Airdrie or something, was he not? He was on loan at Falkirk and he publicly said how much he hated it. Falkirk, Jesus. Because so, he said um, he, he, was, he was interviewed, I think, I want to say... It was the week of the derby. He was interviewed by like, the media and he was so open and it was really refreshing. Like, Obviously, you get all these players and fair play to them, like, they're really well media trained. I got the impression Lewis Moore wasn't he, but in a positive way because uh, I think it was Brian McLaughlin asked him, like, oh, what did you make of your Falkirk move? And he just openly went, oh, I hated it. Like, they just, I played about three games, like, they, Training wasn't anywhere near the quality I expected, and I just really didn't enjoy my time there. And I was like, "Fair play!" Like, just tell it. Like, I I want to hear footballers say how they feel more often. Yeah, it's it's fair enough, but I I hope that I hope that Smith and obviously Hamilton, uh, if they do go out on loan, don't feel like that given their spells. I, I, here's hoping that they do themselves justice and obviously get plenty of the minutes under the belt and come back better footballers mm-hmm. that'd be that'd be a bonus definitely um, so we're going to briefly touch on the Falkirk game just before we wrap up um, I've got to be honest here mate I've seen very little other than Boyce's goal in which oh, I was well, I'm, I'm, I've got you covered then 
Because I've well, seen I'm... the extended eight-minute highlights. Oh, excellent. Well, I was impressed with the voice goal that Jordan Roberts didn't give up on a lost cause. And I thought He did, this... though. He did give up. And then he was but... like, actually, I'm really fast, so I'm just still going to even make it. Well, I thought that this segment was going to be a lost cause. So you could tell us all, all about the Falkirk game. It... I don't think 3-0 was a justified score like. I'll say that. Um, it was closer than 3-0 or...? Yeah, they hit the bar twice and hit the post once. Jesus. So, I think 3-0 kind of flattered us a bit. Um, but yeah, the first goal, Jordan Roberts runs after a ball from Grucho, physically gives up, and then still somehow beats the defender to the ball. <laughs> it's insanely impressive. Um, plays into Boyce at the near post, which is, I imagine, you saw it in the party game as well. Um, Freer and Janelli kept trying to do it a Walker and White and uh, a lot of our goals have got to come from that way Nielsen himself said that that's how Boyce best gets his use out of them um, really good finish then both other goals were in the second half, Lee got absolutely taken out uh, but advantage was given and then Walker scored to the edge of the box after a nice return for Janelli, he took on his guy and then just fizzed it low across the box the keeper managed to get a foot to it, but kind of just pushed it into Walker's uh, path. And then the fact that genuinely, I know it's a friendly, but the referee still has cards. The fact that Falkirk weren't down to 10 men is unbelievable because we got a penalty because Halkett got kicked in the face. Jesus. Like square, st- you know the Sam Nicholson one against Levy last time we were in the championship? Jason, Jason Talbot. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. It wasn't as bad. It wasn't like full flat. But he just got kicked in the face and then just didn't move after it. What was the What was the one I saw that I was comparing recently to that? Was it the Brighton one at Newcastle? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a game down south. That's right, Brighton at Newcastle. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, Halkett just got fully kicked in the side of the head, got a penalty, and then Craig Whiten just slotted it. Really well done, set the keeper the wrong way. Um, as I said, I also, not only did they hit the woodwork three times, they actually had a goal disallowed as well. Callum Morrison scored. Oh, I did see that on Twitter, actually. But when was was this Friday afternoon or something? I think I was sleeping because I'd been early at work. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was Friday afternoon. I can't remember. Then I just didn't see any of the goals or what have you. No, it was Tuesday I'll... afternoon. It was Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday sorry. Afternoon. That's right. And I, I later came in and I saw you ranting and raving about Roberts and the boys' goal. Mm-hmm. You just subsequently didn't bother to catch up on the other goals. <laughs> but listen, you'll never not take a thing now when it was obviously Peter Herring's reintroduction into football. Um, he got 10 minutes. There was a moment I really liked. Uh, Janelli had a chance and Naismith was in the park and you, because of the camera you could hear and Naismith was literally just talking him through the entire move he was like keep going keep going Janelli got to a man take him on take him on take him on and he got in front of goal and he was like hit it hit it he hit it the keeper made a save pushed out for the corner and you just heard Naismith, Naismith be like love that every fucking time for you that's what you need to be doing and it was just great to hear Naismith talk to them a relatively new signing just through the game completely I cannot wait to hear some of his shouts in an empty tiny. It's going to be... You heard them on Saturday, like. You heard them on Saturday. Oh, I think, uh, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's encouraging signs, even if we're not... Even if we're not at our best and picking up wins in pre-season friendlies, I was about to say. But, I mean, it, the result doesn't the result doesn't matter. The performances don't matter. But it's it's nice. It's nice to get wins, considering we were starved them for so little. I mean, um, we played three games in a week, scored 10, conceded none. There you go. Say, say no more. Qu- quadruple incoming. <laughs> Coincidentally, by the way, I'm just checking on live score here. Aaron Hickey's Bologna are three to the good now against Parma. Um, an hour, an hour played, and yeah, seems to be doing really, really well. So that's that's great news. I'm so jealous of Hickey because he's currently playing with one of my all-time favourite players. Don't say Rodrigo Palacio. It is Rodrigo Palacio. <laughs> no, honestly, why? I love him because of FIFA. Oh no! Honestly, um, yeah, quick, quick, quick story time. 
there was me in the 2014 World Cup. Was it 2014 that they played in Brazil? Yeah. I thought, this is it. This is going to be Argentina's time. Messi's going to lead them. That final, he and Higuain missed some absolute sitters. Did you see what Higuain did for his new club? I know this is not Hearts, but he... he, uh... I saw his penalty miss for Miami. Oh, it was a shocker. That's some we upgrade for Lewis Morgan as well, by the way. He's gone from playing with Scott Brown (laughs) and Lee Griffiths to Blaise Matuidi and Gonzalo Higuain. (laughs) Um, But no, honestly, I'll never forgive Rodrigo Palacio for... for... I don't know whether his miss was worse than Higuain's, but they were both shockers. But hopefully... uh, Ultimate team FIFA 14 and 15 legend. Hopefully Hickey can, uh, can teach him a, two, a thing or two how to finish and actually <laughs> be a decent footballer because he's a fraud. Well, on that very uplifting note, from a quite positive, of course, even when we're being positive for Hearts fans, we have to have some negativity somewhere. It's non-Hearts negativity as well. <laughs> Book have turned off by now. If you're still here. That's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for listening episode 13. We hope you've enjoyed. Just remember, we are oracles. Anything we say will come true. And if you need any further (laughs) proof, look at the fact that Andy Halliday is in a maroon jersey. Adam, where can people get you on Twitter? Uh, They can get me on Twitter at Adam T. Kendall, but don't ask me for the lottery numbers because I can predict some stuff, but that's just now on impossible. As for yourself, Daniel... I am at McIver the Mark. We are collectively at Perth to Paisley. If you want to send us an email with any questions or talking points, Perth to Paisley at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. We're now on Amazon Music. Big up. Spreading worldwide. This That's is a it. thing. I didn't really know it existed, but we got an email last week going, you're now on Amazon Music. And it was like, great. Cheers. So that's a thing. I hope you're having a lovely rest of your week dancing about the fact that Andy Halliday is here and we'll see you next time.